Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out!
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 143 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gordon. How's it going, man? It's going well, man. I don't know if you realize this, but I am a camping genius. <laughs> a camping genius. Uh, camping now, I've heard of like genius. an apple genius and other types of geniuses, but not a camping genius. So uh, please explain. Here's the thing. When camping, and this camping trip, though it was merely a weekend long, it had all the potential to become epic. I, I mean, I, I found myself sitting at the beach with apparently, I don't know, three quarters of a, of a street gang. There was a, there was a Coast Guard helicopter that got involved at one point. There was a dead body. It was extreme camping. There was a dead body? Legit? These things happen. People die. Yeah, yeah. Somebody drowned. Wow. It wasn't me, though. That's the important part. Well, clearly. Yeah. You say, yeah, you don't know. sound like, I'm staying And that is what I sound like when I've been drowned. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm a genius because I'm also an absolute wussy, and I've got this big old serious no-nonsense air mattress that I use when I'm camping, which requires either a gigantic set of lungs or a pump to blow up. And it's an, like queen-size thick mattress, and my pump was not working. I fixed. <laughs> that happens when you're 50. <laughs> but you get to a certain age, you know. You get out there, you think your pump's going to work your on your mattress. pump doesn't work anymore. No. You they may as well little, not even have they, a mattress. They have a little blue pill for that, though. You just stick uh, yeah. it in the end of the pump. <laughs> But you just stick it in? Is it like a subculture toy? I don't know. Anyway, sorry, as you're saying. Oh, I, I was I was feeling like this was going to be a bad camping experience uh, because I would not be able to inflate the mattress without a whole lot of blowing. I fixed this pump with, I, I swear to God, aluminum foil and medical tape. Seriously? Yeah. See, I'm a genius. I am the MacGyver of camping. <laughs> Yeah, but you were with a bunch of band friends, so I'm surprised you didn't just, like, replace the part with the, the elbow from a trumpet or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think anyone actually showed up with uh, any trumpets. There, were, there was no brass at the camping trip? There was no trip? brass section. No brass section at the camping trip. Okay. Uh, I guess section. that makes sense. Yeah, they didn't show up. There were a couple of guitars. There was a ukulele. None of these things could fix a pump. So, like, what did you do down there? Did you listen to some music, and did you, did you dig for crustaceans? Did you, <laughs> did you listen to any clam media? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> clam media. <laughs> <laughs> I dug around in my shorts for some crustaceans. Encountered <laughs> some clam media. Considering your recent cartoons, I thought you might appreciate that. Thank you. I think I'm going to have to make a clam media cartoon. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, the problem with that cartoon is I thought I invented this joke. I thought I invented, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sitting there by the campfire, in fact, and I turn to the person next to me and I say, why did the marsupial not get the job? She looks at me all funny and goes, ah, well, I don't know, why did the marsupial not get the job? And I go, because he was overqualified, <laughs> thinking I'm a genius. Then I get on the internet and look up overqualified to make sure I don't duplicate this cartoon. It's a flipping meme, there's t-shirts of... <laughs> Qualified everything, well, so I really had to take it to the next level to make it. I'm certainly glad you did. Now, speaking I, it, 
Speaking of taking it to the next level, we have a yeah. fantastic show for our listeners tonight. Uh, the music that you've been listening to is none other than Entombed AD from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, catch them opening for Amana Marth here in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. And I got to spend a few minutes interviewing LG Petrov, the singer, and uh, Ole Dahlstedt, the drummer of that great band. So uh, that's super like exciting. Dream for you. It was, dude. I got to have beers with Entombed. How cool is that? That's, wow. What else do you have to live for? Actual beers, I know. Then... Uh, and about a week and a half later, Crypticon 2016, I came, I saw, I played Bone Bad Shorts, I got to meet Lance Hendrickson from Aliens, wow. and uh, got the briefest interview with him, but you're going to get to hear what pisses Lance off in a little bit. <laughs> Is it you with the microphone? Slap! <laughs> That's the whole interview. Pretty much. That's it. Nice. So, yeah, uh, Crypticon, we had uh, a great rock concert. We've got music for you. We've got interviews. I'll talk a little bit about uh, Crypticon this year as we get into the show. So it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited. About time we did a good podcast. Yeah, it's only taken 142 episodes. Whew. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're growers. We're not showers. That's, that's what we're trying to <laughs> get to here. That's what we're saying here. That's what we're saying. And we have Clamidia. I mean, clam media. Damn, I screwed up. Yeah, you fucked that right up. So, dude, before we get to all that great stuff, though, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about what pisses us off? A little bit about it? Sure. All right. Here's the thing. You know what pisses me off, Steve? What's that, Gord? I am getting so old and decrepit. That your pump doesn't work? My pump <laughs> requires repair. <laughs> <laughs> That and after after playing a hell of a lot of uh, Xbox, now instead of just needing to catch up on my sleep, my wrists are so sore. Are you serious? I'm so serious. <laughs> You're a wuss. <laughs> I, I like I woke played. up the next day and I'm like, why are my why do my wrists hurt? What the hell did I do? I played the exact same amount of Xbox with you last night, and I had my wrists were fine this morning. Oh no! Well, yeah, last night, but the night before that, I think I probably put in eight hours of Xbox. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess that explains it. Yeah. I think you'd build up a tolerance. You'd think, but well, no, yeah. I built up tendonitis. <laughs> you sure it was that and not the rampant masturbation? No, I was using your hand for that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so that that's it. What? That's the next part of me that's failing. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Steve you know what pisses you? me off? Okay, so as what? I mentioned, Crypticon 2016 took place last weekend. And this particular convention takes place at the airport area Hilton in Seattle. So a couple days before, we were going to spend the night on Saturday night, uh, myself and the entire family, because they have, you know, the zombie prom is on Saturday night, and the kids want to do that. And Julie and I go to the biohazard party and have a few cocktails and dance and check in on the kids every once in a while. And so uh, we decided to stay in the hotel. And a couple days before, I get an email saying, you know what? Super easy and convenient is our new Hilton app. Download this to your smartphone and you can use keyless entry. You have a digital key. Do you, can you imagine that? You just wave it in front of your door and it opens your door. That sounds great. I'd rather wave something in front of Paris Hilton. Anyway, but go on. 
So we get to we get to the con early because I've got to do uh, the Saturday morning cartoons with Bone Bat at eleven a.m. So it's it's before check in time, but I've got the digital. I downloaded the app right, and I've plugged in my Hilton Honors number, and I'm all ready to go. So I go up to the counter, and I say, "Yes, I would like to give you all of my information so that I can get into my room." Oh well, it's your room's not ready, sir. I understand that, but through the magic of technology, I have this app. I actually brandished my phone at her. And, and I said, you know, so can I give you my credit card now? You swipe the card. You have everything you need. You uh, authorize my my key so that when the room is ready, you send a signal to my phone, and then my key will work, and I'll just go in there. You just text me or whatever. Let me know when my room's ready. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the whole point of the fucking app? So all day I'm like roaming around. And I'll go back about every hour because my my family's roaming around and they want to check into the room and stuff. They don't have like you know bone bat stuff that they're doing. So I keep going back over there. No, no, I'm sorry, sir. The room's not ready yet. The room's not ready yet. No, and you can't do anything really. I will take my card, swipe it, so that everything's okay. Okay, I did that. So then I get a text like two hours later saying that. Well, we got in the room, but they still need you to take your credit card down there and get it swiped. <laughs> I swear to God, I've been there three times. I'm just like, this is fucking bullshit. They, they tote how they have this great technology, and the technology is a total fucking joke. It can't yeah. do a thing. The only that's thing it can do... you've got one department that's making the technology... And then you've got the hotel, which never has even met these people. No. And, I mean, it was just dumb. And so you, you get to the room, and you, you kind of open up the app, and it shows, like, this big green circle. And it says, hold this in front of your door. But you have to have your Wi-Fi going. So then you suddenly realize that, oh, it's not actually actually talking to the door. What it is is it's telling the Internet. It's going through the Internet that you're standing in front of your room, and then it lets you open it. Wouldn't it be easier just to get one of them our little magnetic It would be keys? a lot easier to get a fucking key. But even that was buggered up. So I had the digital the thing the or on the phone, and the kids have keys, right? Yeah. And so my digital key doesn't work, so I go back to the thing again and say, hey, I need you to reauthorize my key. Key doesn't work. Okay, sir, here you go. So then when she did that, it totally deauthorized the other three keys that we had attached <laughs> to the room. I mean, I'm telling you, this was such a clusterfuck. So fuck the Hilton. The Hilton's lame. Fuck the Hilton's app. You don't need it. And next year, Crypticon's moving to the double tree down the street. Anyway, so you don't even need to deal with that shit anymore. So that is what pisses me off. Oh, I think I've seen this uh, episode of the Detour. <laughs> it kind of was like that. So, you know, actually, uh, speaking of things that piss people off, uh, we've got some feedback from some listeners this week. Uh-oh. So, uh, first off, we have a voicemail from longtime listener Vaughn from New Jersey. Vaughn. It's been way too long, man. Yeah, I'm glad he's still uh, out there in New Jersey listening to us, delivering the mail. All right. So, I'm kind of going to knock it off. I thought I'm going to see you for a couple minutes, but I think I can ratchet myself back up. I was kind of really seething before he picked up the phone. Um, anyway, Vaughn here, you're a... Uh, Holy mailman from New Jersey. Um, and I, what pisses me off, really, is that I'm listening to you guys talk about the new, on the new show about the uh, film festival and how well it did. And I'm not, I'm not pissed off that I didn't get to go. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I got to really work with my wife to get my ass up there. Um, what I'm pissed off about is the fact that the people, I mean, the people have complaints, fine. I can understand people having complaints. But when they're 
putting things out there and saying that they, you know, this this film festival can be a film festival where it only shows a great material or, you know, and it's, and it feels like it's a, it's a jab at the fucking U.S. kick. Well, you just me the fuck off. You're coming to a show where two guys who are, you know, locally, you know, spending all year working on trying to figure out what to show for this thing, and they feel like what they picked and what they've kind of, you know, cultivated in that day to get together is good for this whole crowd that's going to be there. And, when you're, and then you have people bitching and moaning about how, oh, they were, you know, it was great, but eh, they could have done better, or a or handful of films, oh, they felt misogynistic when everybody was like, yeah, no, it's... A, you know, the fact that so many people nowadays are so kind of really sensitive about this bullshit. Knowing back in the day when we were kids and, you know, like you had the religious right fucking losing their minds over people being murdered. And now people who aren't even like religious are just like, oh my God, <laughs> that's I can't let my, I can't, I can't pretend that. I'm so misogynistic. Yeah, it was directed by a woman or written by a woman. Um, you know, I've met, I've met a lot of guys who do film independently and they do some really fucking nasty shit and they get applauded for it. But when a woman does it, it's like, oh my God, that's gnarly. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's fucking, it titters my tits, you know what I mean? It just, oh, pisses me the fuck off. It sounds like you guys had a good show nonetheless and I like the fact that you go through these podcasts after the show where you get to decompress and kind of go through all the complaints and through all the uh, opinions and get to talk to some of the people who won the awards and stuff like that. And you get to listen to the uh, the live recording of the uh, whoever the hell played that year. It's great. You know, it makes you, it makes you as a listener, like myself, it makes you go, fuck, I missed that. I should really get off my ass and try to spend the money, you know, support the Kickstarter, get down to Seattle and see this fucking thing. Um, and it just, you know, Fucking A, you know? Another year where I'm like, fuck, I need to go again. My fucking stupid ass and do this. Anyway, I hope you guys had a great time. I hope you guys are having a great time. Hope your Mother's Day was well for the both of you. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Bye. Wow. Thank you, Vaughn. I appreciate the support, man. Yeah, Vaughn. Uh, one correction, I did want to, to make a note that uh, the film that we were talking about, Rupert, was not actually directed by a woman. That was directed by Bruce Boxleitner's sons, actually, Sam and Lee. I was under the impression it was directed by a woman. Maybe that's something No, no, no. Well, we were talking about other films that, that were directed by women that seemed more misogynistic, if you were going to call it that, than, you know, this particular film, but... Okay. So I just wanted to correct that, but uh, I do appreciate it. And I'd hope that sometime Vaughn can come to this film festival, man. I think that uh, somebody who is as hardcore about film as he is would appreciate it more than most. So, uh, and he's such a longtime fan of the show. Jeez. Yeah, man. He's been listening since a really like early date. OG of the show listeners. He might be the first one. He is. Yeah, he's definitely an OG. That's right. I also got an email from director Mark Brocking of The Barber's Cut. Ah, right on. Hey, Steve. Thanks again for choosing TBC. Your type of festival is what it was made for. I have just one little point to make about the Horror Honey's review of The Barber's Cut. It seems to mention a film called The Voices more often than my short, whereas I started The Barber's Cut years before The Voices came out. Oh, I, I started in 2010. I respect their view of the film, but there should be no suggestion that I ripped the idea from another film like that or that TBC wasn't worth watching because the audience obviously hadn't seen the voices. 
They are right about the ending being a bit flat, of course. I simply ran out of resources, I'm afraid. If anyone is interested, I could tell you how the film should have ended with more money and time. That's indie filmmaking. Kind regards, and yes, I will enter another film ASAP. Cheers, Mark Brocken. Hey, wait. I want to find out. I mean, I like the film. I liked it enough that I picked it out of a gazillion other films. I totally want to know how it would have ended with more money and time. Well, Tell me. You know what? We can have him on the show. I, I want to, I, yes, I bet put he that man us. on the show. All right. I will uh, try to get him on. Absolutely. Make it happen. All right, yeah. well, I do appreciate it. It's interesting because the, the Horror Honeys review was, was kind of polarizing. I mean, you know, we made comments about it. Obviously, some other folks made comments about it, but it definitely got some buzz. And at the end of the day, she had nothing but nice things to say about the event itself. So oh, yeah, much she liked so, the event. I, I kind of quibble with that. So much so that we are going to be featured on the cover of the very first Belladonna magazine put out by the Horror Honeys. We? You and we, me? The Bone Bat Film Festival is listed as a line on the cover. We're a line? Yes. Damn, that's Isn't that great. cool? I've always so wanted yeah, to be a line. Watch for the uh, first issue of Belladonna Magazine, which I think is supposed to be out in July. How cool is that? That's, that's cool. going to be a line. Not just a segment, a line. Absolutely. So, yes, and I, I did get a chance to speak with the Revenge Honey about the film, and we talked about the whole festival quite a bit at Crypticon, and I had some really great conversations about it. So uh, that was a great time, and uh, I look forward to more of the Horror Honey's great work in the magazine. Yeah, I'm really psyched that they came. I'm, I'm really glad for the, the buzz it got, our festival, and the films in the festival. And you know what? Going back to Vaughn's thing, yes, I'm always a little worried that we we do a little too much recapping. This becomes essentially a boring slideshow of our lives. So it's cool to get feedback saying from people that uh, that actually like uh, like that kind of thing. So well, we'll keep doing it. Yes, we indeed will. And uh, now the good news is film festival's over, so uh, you don't really have to hear too much about it for the next six months. No, we're going to wait like two or three episodes <laughs> and start talking Absolutely. About All right, let's listen to a tune, man. Let's do it. All right, well, this is once again Entombed AD from their brand new release, Dead Dawn. This is the title cut. I hope you dig it.
right, folks, we are back. And joining me now, I got to say, this is a huge thrill for me to have the chance to speak to one of my favorite vocalists of all time, LG Petrov himself of Entombed AD. How you doing, man? Oh, thank you for the kind words. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, we are doing fine. Sitting here in Seattle at last. Fucking Seattle. Oh, my God. I was yes. just saying to you, like, I, I swear I've had tickets to an Entombed show of one sort or the other three different times, and it's gotten canceled. And so to have finally the chance to see you, I'm thrilled. I've been a longtime fan. This is a big cool. night for me, man. Cool. Yeah, I hope uh, something doesn't happen, if something doesn't happen before. <laughs> I may be saying it too soon, huh? We, we, we'll try to stay safe during the day, just hide out backstage and drink a beer or something. Very, very and, uh, good, very good. We can see now Ole is bringing some beers over here, actually. Nice! Yes, yes. <laughs> great. It's uh, good to be back. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely great to have you. So, I wanted to talk to you about Entombed AD. Now, I, I know the, the final years of Entombed, it took them like 10 years to put out an album in an EP. And in, since 2014, you guys have been absolutely on fire. You've done two solid albums, plus Firespawn, if you're counting that, so that's three albums in three years. You guys have zero fuck around right now. You're getting, to quote you, the damn deal done. So tell me a little bit about the difference in philosophy between AD and Entombed. We're actually doing what bands are supposed to do. Right, it's pretty common, you know, you make music, being productive, and uh, release albums and, and tour and stuff like that, you know. But uh, that's not to say that we are rushing things. Mm. You know, we, we take it in our own pace. But uh, I guess I guess that pace is uh, pretty good at the moment. <laughs> sure you know, is. So, oh, so for us, I mean, we don't we don't stress. We don't stress mm. around. We just use the time properly and working, working, and, and when we're not working, we're uh, relaxing. You know. Nice. So when you work, you work. You know. <laughs> but, I mean, and we don't see it as work. You know, it's music. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's art. <laughs> And now we're back in Seattle again, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully play tonight. <laughs> so, a question. Uh, so, Back to the Front, was that originally conceived to be an Entombed album, or were those different song projects that you had for different things that you pulled together? No, I mean, that was uh, going to be an Entombed album, okay. and still is an Entombed yeah, album. Right, because, right, right. Um, but, uh, I mean, we just... Uh, during that time that when we recorded the album there was this uh, weird thing with the name and yes. uh, people crying and whining and blah 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 but we didn't have the time to think about that we just right. went on and and we released it and then you know and now we have another <laughs> one more album out right touring on it so well that, that's the thing interesting is to me as a fan that dead dawn cheers cool Break, beer time, break, break. Yeah, absolutely, break. Uh, Dead Dawn to me sounds more classic and tuned than Back to the Front did. And just the fat, grimy riffs and your fucking roar, man. It's it's so fantastic. And it, it seems more, I feel more at home and I listen to that one more than I did Back to the Front. So it's pretty cool progression. I mean, I guess that's hard to say. A band that had been around for so long, you guys experimented with many sounds over the years. Yes. But everybody goes back to Left Hand Path, Clandestine, Wolverine Blues, To Ride. I still love that fucking album, yeah, too. Yeah. But a lot of great stuff. And, and you hear more... Uh, it isn't the same, but it's reminiscent. Yes. I mean, we'd had the... Uh, uh, Olayer was a big part of the... The musical uh, input. Uh, well, <laughs> to me, uh, 
what can I say about that? Uh, of course, uh, the the old stuff is. I, I used to be a fan back in the day mm-hmm. myself. So uh, <laughs> you've heard no, too much now. <laughs> no, but uh, that and uh, so much so much uh, other stuff uh, is inspiring, and uh, we just try to suck it all in and create something out of uh, what we hear and what we see and what we. Uh, experience you know um, we see so many bands all the time and they collect it all and they just do it well that's exciting because you guys get to play with a lot of great metal bands absolutely all over the world you're constantly touring you're on, constantly like sharks man if you stop moving you die I'm a, a little bit like that, actually, sometimes. <laughs> Keep keeping afloat. I was just down at the aquarium here. Uh, oh, did you go? Yeah, no, it was too expensive to get in right now, but i come back for some money. Maybe I'll go there. <laughs> Is it worth it's, it? Yeah, it's a great aquarium. Yeah. It's really cool. Cool. Uh, Definitely a few sharks in there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have been touring the States. Best American beer. I know you guys drink... I see you on Facebook. You, you, you've had a many a drink around the world, LG. What's your favorite American you beer? Always right come now? back to the PBR. Really? In the end, you have a <laughs> gr- long, great of uh, list of beers on the way to the PBR. Yeah, it, it, but I mean, uh, PBR for me, that's like, oh, I only have two bucks left at the end of the night. It's time yeah, to yeah. time to go for the PBR. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, a good lager is great. <laughs> I mean, we visited, uh, you know, Three Floyds and. Uh, Mickler and stuff like that. So many great beers, actually. Yes. We, we owe them all the big things. We owe them many beers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to point out like one. Okay. There are so many. There's one fine beer that we could mention it's the Apocalypse Cow. Yes. Made, made yes, by. Yes. Uh, Three Floyds, that is an exceptional beer. But on the other hand, that's a thing you drink for like a fine occasion or something. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. LG and Ole, what pisses you guys off? Uh, Everything. 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 (laughs) People in general. (laughs) Have you met them all? No, I don't know. People are such bastards. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> Actually, we, we we met so many nice people here, so we couldn't say that really. But uh, yeah, we had a great trip, great trip. So it was like we, but we, we, we piss each other. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when everything's so great, then yeah. the chances of being pissed off is actually greater right you know absolutely than the smoking things yeah well you're you're locked in a bus together for a few months you know probably people get on each other's nerves I would understand absolutely (laughs) yeah I mean it's like but at the end of the day you have a laugh and then get drunk (laughs) and play a show you get the aggressions out on stage absolutely that's why we're all all smiley all the time now (laughs) I mean, it's just part of it. Uh, yeah, metal always, for me, it's always been a cleansing thing, you know, when yeah. I get pissed, and you listen to just the, the heaviest, most raging music, and you feel better afterwards. Yeah. It's cathartic. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's uh, what we enjoy. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you again. I won't take up any more of your time, no, but no, I really no, thank appreciate you, thank you, you taking the chance to speak with us here on the Bone Bat Show. And, a pleasure. Uh, until next time, keep it heavy, man. Always. 
and uh, we will perform tonight. <laughs> no, no cancellations. <laughs> no questions. Yes. No questions. The night is young. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will. School. 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 Yeah, yeah.
Hello, this is LG and from Entombed AD and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. Stay metal. All right, this is Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at Crypticon 2016 and I am thrilled to be speaking for a few moments with the one and only Lance Hendrickson. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm signing Steve's name as we speak. It's- I'm so glad. I brought my Alien Anthology Blu-ray set here for you to autograph, and it's a thrill to have that. Now, like I mentioned to you, we always ask one question to all of our guests here on the show. What pisses you off? Oh, man. I just think if, if anybody, if any actor that comes to a show like this, and, and people come up to you with their heart on their sleeve, and they're very happy to meet you, and... If anybody treated them badly, it would really piss me off. That's that's what pisses me off, just the thought of it. You know, I have nothing but gratitude. I mean, you guys, you and a lot of other people, they're making us feel very welcome, so that would be a bad thing. I I wouldn't like it, no. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the show. Absolutely, and I hope you have a fantastic convention, sir. It's not other people's behavior, it's ours. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Thank you, buddy. All right, man, that was a lot of content. First of all, we had our interview with LG Petrov and Ole Dahlstedt of Entombed AD. Thank you again so much, gentlemen, for making time to speak with us. And having a beer with me, that was so generous and uh, was really a thrill. I really appreciate that. Uh, What else is cool, Gord, is so we've got Entombed AD, who just released a brand new Scorching album. And then on the backside, Alex Hell, who we interviewed from back in episode 103 about Entombed, uh, Nika Anderson and Ufa Cedarland, so some of the other founders of Entombed, are continuing on under that name. So we're going to end up with two different versions of Entombed as opposed to just one. Now, it's sad they aren't all together, but at the same time, it's more great music for fans of really, really heavy shit. So I'm excited about that. This is your wet dream is so This is what this A little bit, a little bit. And then following that, of course, my brief chat with Lance Henriksen about what pisses him off. It's so great to hear his deep tones here on the Bone Bat Show. That's really <laughs> fucking cool. unmistakable voice. What what a great what a great thing to have. So that was really cool too. Thank you, Lance. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Crypticon 2016, man. That was a lot of fun. I was not there. You gotta come sometime. I, I, I have to tell you, you remember last episode, one of the things that pissed me off was that at our film festival, you don't really have enough time to socialize and to hang out with your friends. Yeah. And at Crypticon, like, you've got three days. So I was able to actually, like, have dinner with Jerry Cooch. I was oh. able to sit and watch shorts and have a long discussion with Patrick Crowley. I was able to hang out with Shannon from Seattle Geekly for a long time. I mean, you're able to make up for those lost moments only, you know, a few weeks earlier and actually spend some quality time chatting with some people who are really, really cool in the Seattle scene. And and I really value that. I think it's a neat thing. Well, that's wonderful. It is. <laughs> and it was it was really cool. Like the, the response that we got for, for instance, uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons. So I, I've done that for this was the fifth year where we pulled together cartoons at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning, and we showed stuff. And I did things a little bit different this time. Now, in the past, I've played usually the Bone Bat animation from this current year, and then I go and I get a few things that may or may not be copyrighted from the vault. (laughs) (laughs) From the vault. 
And I, I'm always paranoid I'm going to get Crypticon in trouble with that shit. So this year I did something totally different. As we talked about before, we didn't have a ton of animation this year, right? Right. So what I did was I took this year's animation, plus there were some films that didn't quite make it into the fest this year just because of the time, but were pretty good. So yeah. we added Harvest and A Wedding in Hell to the mix. Oh, Harvest, yeah. And you remember Wedding in Hell? It was like it had the energy of a crazy Warner Brothers cartoon, but it was this weird French thing about a little girl and her farm animals who wanted to stage a wedding. It's just nuts. Yeah. It's a great little short. And so we showed that, and then I went all the way back and showed the animation from the first two film festivals, which we hadn't really included into the Saturday morning cartoons back then. So, wow. like, you know, going all the way back before Hollywood turned it into a piece of shit feature, Pixels was a fantastic was little Pixels. short. <laughs> exactly. So we showed a little Pixels, a little Bill Plimpton. We went all the way back to Backwater Gospel, man. There you go, man. Yeah, so we played some great stuff. That was really cool, and, and everybody seemed to like it. And then we did the best of Bone Bat Film Festival. So we played 90 minutes of uh, the highest-rated shorts from this year, uh, including, of course, uh, the award winners. So Dick Proof 2, uh, Dinosaur, the animation from uh, Ning Cheng, and... Uh, the Black Bear. We got closed everything out with those three, and that was a lot of fun. But, of course, you played such things like Gwilliam, which <laughs> I never get tired of listening to people groan as they watch that film. It's so awesome. Yes. Uh, no Touching we showed. Uh, Cthupid. We showed a lot of great stuff. It was it was really fun. And what was kind of cool is, like, people were, why, why do you guys only have 90 minutes this year? Isn't this usually two hours? Like, people were clamoring for more. That's all, a good that is a good problem to have. It's better than, you know, you kind of drag this out long, don't you? Is there any way you could do this in 15 minutes? Because really, nobody needs that. Yeah, although I've, I've heard that in my personal life. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. And then the uh, other kind of things I did, uh, I was on two other panels. I had the honor of moderating a panel on podcasting, which was pretty fun. Which, you know, it's kind of, I've done these sort of panels before, and you do a lot of talking about, like, what works for you and how you got started and all that stuff. But uh, this time, I did the panel with uh, three other podcasts that I hadn't worked with before. So, uh, Langley J. West, he uh, is with Tom Carnell and Heather Buckley on the Bonus Material podcast, which is a pretty great film podcast. What they do is they'll, they'll like, dig deep into a specific film or a genre. And so what I like to do is, like, you know, Hateful Eight, for instance, uh, is an episode they have. And so I went and I listened to that and I listened to all their opinions. And like they've done a lot of research on it, and it's pretty cool. So I dug that. The Grave Plot podcast with Taylor and Tony, that reminds me a lot of kind of what we do, but more horror-specific. So they're making a lot of jokes. They're talking about all the things that interest them in the world, but with definitely a more horror slant. And then the other podcast is... Uh, from Heather Bartles and Katie, and the podcast is called Turn Up the Lady Bro. Now, Turn Up the Lady Bro? Turn Up the Lady Bro. Now, I thought, the first thing I thought was, wow, what a really, really unfortunate title. And then I remember that we're called The Bone Bat Show, and I promptly shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because what is a bone bat? Nobody what knows that. that. Yeah, right. But you know what's fun? So I was listening to this podcast, and it's fucking weird. Their very first episode, they spend 10 minutes talking about different words for a vagina, and then they discuss if... Groot's junk is called a trinus. 
I swear yes, to God. <laughs> I swear to God, this is the Bone Bat show from a female point of view. So it's the Bone Bat show only intelligent. All right. It's like Bone Bat's sisters or something. It's just crazy. So if you like what we do, I would say give Turn Up the Lady Bro a listen. It's pretty fun. So I found myself totally charmed by it, and I've listened to four or five episodes now. So uh, I would definitely recommend that. So it was fun. I got to talk to them. Then the second panel I did was uh, all about Halloween cinema and television. And so I did that with uh, a couple of people that I've known for a really long time. Matt Fora, who is a stalwart in the Seattle horror scene. And uh, Paul Malik, who has one of the most amazing horror VHS selections around. This dude's got a massive collection. It's really interesting. He's a great guy to talk to. He does a little zine called Dormass Horror Review. Like, yeah. he's still doing a zine. How fucking zine. old school is that? Paper. He's in a, a Washington Doom band called Heathen Washington. I mean, this cat is just awesome. He's always a pleasure to speak to. And uh, hell is a Doom band? Yeah. And then... Uh, no, what is a Doom band? Like, Doom metal. Like, stoner, but even more slow and sludgy. <laughs> okay, super okay. slow, sludgy, stoner metal. There you go. Now yeah, I, I think just... you've got it. Uh, and then also uh, Nikki Griffin and Claudia Dolph, who uh, I had not met before. So it was a, a lot of fun to do that. We cranked through a ton of suggestions in a very short time. And it was funny. Then we were, it was like we all co- covered all of our lists. And we looked down and we're like, oh, we still have 25 minutes left. So <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, yeah, we were, we were uh, monstrously efficient in coming up with things to uh, watch and uh, see on Halloween. So that was pretty fun. And then a couple of panels that I, I wasn't on, but I went and watched. Uh, I watched a panel on uh, self-publishing 101, which was really interesting. Uh, Tom Carnell, Timothy W. Long was on that one. Um, Seder Bricado was on it. Who, he's one of the guys who's written for White Wolf for a number of years. And it was really interesting to hear those guys' kind of point of view. Uh, a couple of quick takeaways that I got from the panel. Something you I would agree with, I think. Uh, always pay your artist. Don't try to get somebody to do art for you for exposure. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> right. I mean, since we've been able to pay people for our bone bat art, we've been doing so enthusiastically. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's some great advice. Uh, also, if, if you're an author, hire a separate copy editor and content editor because they do different things, and uh, fresh eyes is always a good thing to have if you're a writer. So it never occurred to me, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, if you're going to crowdfund uh, a piece of work that you've done, make sure that your manuscript is done before you attempt to crowdfund. Don't like do it off just a chapter or two. Do the work first, complete the work, and then crowdfund to get it finished and get it out there. That's the the best way to go about it, in the most effective way. So, like, I'm not even a writer, and I learned a bunch of shit. That was pretty cool. You should write now. The other two uh, panels that I attended were uh, the Aliens Reunion. Which, again, Lance Henriksen and Michael Bain and uh, Alec Gillis, an effects guy on the film. And they were just talking about stories of making aliens and working with Jim Cameron. And it was a really cool time. And the other panel I went to was uh, An Hour with Elvira. And she was telling stories from throughout her career. Oh, you didn't just sit there for an hour and stare at Elvira and go... Mm-hmm. Well, I did that, but I also was able to listen to stories. It's it, multitasking. It's a skill I have. But, uh, you know, both of those panels were uh, hosted by our friend Tony Kay. 
And man, I got to say, this guy is a pro. Like, I, I try to ham-handedly moderate a panel here and there. This guy reminds me of, like, a really great sportscaster that he knows when to ask a question and redirect a celebrity, and he knows when to sit back and shut up and just listen to them spin a tale. And he does such a wonderful job at it. So, once again, props to uh, Tony. You're an awesome dude. Uh, and then, uh, of course, any chance I wasn't doing something else or hanging with the family, I spent in the Crypticon Film Festival room just watching shorts. Yeah, and good what, shorts, good oh, shorts. Dude, we, once uh, again, uh, Eric yes. Morgret did just a wonderful job. And granted, he's got a jury. He's got other people he works with. But uh, there was a number of shorts I really enjoyed. Uh, one of them was featuring Michael Berryman. It's called Cured, and it's totally weird. It's just a very strange short, very cool. Uh, there was a animated thing called Beyond Ferox, which was animated by a director in Wisconsin. And uh, I think it took him, he said, about a month a minute to animate this film. And it was the most gory, gruesome torture short I've ever seen that had puppets in it. Just stop motion <laughs> animation. Totally crazy. And then two films that I watched, and I was sitting by Patrick C., and we were just like, he, he's like, that's, that's totally bone bat material. How did you guys not get that? I'm like, I, I never even saw that one. It was great. So one is called Interior Familia. And uh, I think it's a Spanish or maybe an Argentine short, but it was hilarious. You'll want to look that one up. And one called Search Engine. And both of them are just great. And they probably would have been in our fest had we been submitted. So it's really cool to see. You know, Eric is getting a wonderful selection of shorts, and we're getting the stuff that we get, and there's very little overlap. There's so much great film being made in the world right now that there's enough to go around for everybody. I mean, our festivals are only three weeks apart, and yet we're able to do this. So that's really exciting. That is exciting. I, I love that. We are in a golden age of short films. It, it really is cool because, you know, like we are saying, it's democratic. Anybody with a camera can make something, and all you got to be is clever. And you can get a short into a lot of festivals and make a lot of hay with it. And that's that's really cool. So Crypticon 2016 was a great time, man. I, once again, we took the whole family. Everybody kind of went off and did their own thing, and then we would reconvene. You know, Saturday night, we, we all went out, and we did our thing, and Julie and I drank and danced a little bit, and the kids had fun. And then we all went out to a late-night dinner at 13 Coins. I had never been before. And this What's is like a Seattle institution. And it's just this rat-packy old restaurant, like leather seats that go all the way up to the ceiling and the booths. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was a really fun thing to do after a late night of drinking and dancing. We went out there and then we walked back, went to sleep and did it all again on Sunday. So it was a great time. And again, thanks to everybody who came to, to our events there. Uh, thanks to the people who would listen to my nonsense on a panel. And I got to tell you this. Thank you to everybody who walked around Crypticon wearing a Bone Bat t-shirt. You guys make me so goddamn happy. There must have been, I don't know, 15 or 20 people wearing Bone Bat shirts over the weekend. And that, that was so amazing. cool. And that's just beyond my family. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so cool when you see one of your one of your shirts like out in the wild. But to see multiple of your shirt out in the wild. Right, and it's like, and there, some of them are people that we don't know. It's it's grown to a level where, I mean, you know, first couple of years you knew everybody who was wearing Every a bone shirt, yeah. right? And now it's totally grown, and it makes me proud, and it makes me happy, and the the people, the attendees, always have kind words to say, and that makes me happy too. So thank you so much. Aw, aw. All right, man, you got any weird shit this week? You know what? I do. 
I don't know if you're aware of it. But, I'm not uh, aware of much. I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. That. Well, I try to find weird, bizarre things that I I can't possibly wrap my head around happening worldwide. You know, and truly, the thing going on right now that seems the weirdest to me that I cannot understand is apparently my own country, the United States of America, okay. has lost its goddamn mind about who can go into which bathroom. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, my God. There is legislation. There is there is court decisions. I mean, this is like a real thing that people are spending real energy and money discussing and legislating and, and court defying. What? How? Dude. Do you care? Do you care? I don't care. I give zero fucks about who's going into the same bathroom as me. I can unless take a it's jump a po- next to unless the it's a politician, if you know what <laughs> I mean. Yeah, well, then. no, I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. Okay. Sexuality is not a fucking if-then statement. Like, right. just because you identify differently than the gender that you were born with doesn't mean you're a predator. And say you are someone who has spent their life being confused about their sexuality and has decided to make a change or, or, you know, poor people who have gone their whole life, like worried that there's going to be repercussions. You've thought probably about your sexuality far more than I have thought about mine. And you're more likely to be more sensitive about it. You know what I mean? So fucking those people are not your problem. You are your problem. If you're concerned about this. Yeah, I, you're already thinking about it more than I am. I, what it boils down to me for me is this is where I go to go number one and go number two. I don't care who's in there with me. Not I only that, don't. if you're even in the bathroom long enough to have a conversation, you're in there too fucking long. <laughs> get it done. Yeah, you get your, you go in, you take care of business, and you get the hell out of the bathroom. That's not a place where you loiter. It's not a place where I loiter. Yeah, so, I, it, it, it absolutely blows me away that anybody is, is giving this much of a second thought. Because, because it's a distraction. It's, yeah. it's another one of these political things that we bring up and talk about so we don't have to think about how we're getting screwed by big banking or how we're getting <laughs> fucked by our insurance company. That's what we're being distracted from. All right, if true they, story. I can actually... Slightly relate to this bathroom thing on one level. Okay. I don't know if I've ever even told you this story. There was a time in college where I received an invitation to a party. And this party was a banquet at at a restaurant. The instructions everyone received on the invitation was jackets and ties or dresses. So you know what I did? I showed up in a dress. Okay. Because kind of a you can't tell me what to do thing. It wasn't because I felt particularly pretty. It wasn't because I wanted to wear a dress. I just thought it would be a ridiculous thing to do. But at the time, you know, I am not a very, shall we say, big man. I'm a petite. And I'm in this dress. And I have long, curly, black hair at the time. I shave. You know what? At a certain point during this banquet, I realized I had to take a pee. And I held it because there's like no good place to go right i walk into the men's room that's not good i'm wearing a dress i walk into the women's room i'm a dude in the women's bathroom so throughout the the entire course of this banquet i was unable to uh 
use the facilities because of my poor choice in clothing just to make a joke. <laughs> right. In a in a more perfect world, I could have uh, I could have just walked in, lifted up my dress, done my business. So you crapped in a potted plant, which is what we don't <laughs> did, want people who don't specifically identify with one gender or the other crapping the potted plants. They need a place to go in the bathroom where I don't give a fuck. I, truly, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I think that's nonsense. It is. It is absolutely not. Maybe someone can explain it to me why this is a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. And, or, and or for people, all those people that are getting outraged out there, pe- dude, dudes in dresses are not molesting your kids. Yeah, Chicks that's, in, that's in not long pantaloons are not molesting your kids. Also not a thing. Yeah. You know, there was just a thing in the town I live in where a kid got molested in a bathroom and he got molested by a dude wearing like khakis and a button down shirt. That's the guy you got to watch out for. Yeah. Not me wearing my girlfriend's dress. <laughs> or, wait, is vestments a dress? <laughs> I don't even know what vestments are. <laughs> Priest robes. Oh, <laughs> that's right. You're a Reformed Catholic. Oops. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, and dude, it's not even a sexuality thing. It's a, I, you got to take a dump. Yeah, yeah. I, I would take a dump next to Mila Kunis. I don't care. Right, but, you're, but they're tying it together. The people who are angry about it are tying all that together, and it shouldn't be. Now, here's something I hadn't even thought of before, Steve. What's that? You know, we, we've seen these sorts of debates in the past over different issues. And, you know, the people that are that are protesting the most about, oh, my God, the homosexuals, they're the guys that are in the closet, right? Yeah. The loudest exactly. voices are the ones, are the ones in the closet. Mm-hmm. And- Think about that when these people are protesting or, or getting all upset about, you know, who's confused about their sexuality or who's, you know, secretly wearing a dress. And like I've told you, I've gone to the bathroom in some seedy fucking places. Roadside stops, the Studio 7 bathroom. That's a terrible place. Nobody should have to go in there. Never once have I even been approached inappropriately. (laughs) I know. Who was that congressman that had the wide stance in the bathroom in the the airport? Yeah, and was like sticking his hand under the stall. Again, it's a politician. It's a dude who was supposed to be in that bathroom, quote unquote. And he's the most untoward motherfucker around. Yeah, probably wearing long pants and a button down shirt. Gotta watch out for those guys. Yeah, no. Really? Yeah, that's like the least. Give me a pre op transsexual any day. (laughs) Any day. Any day. And twice on Tuesday. Yeah. You know. The, ba- the dumpster behind a 7-Eleven in Reading is actually a sexier place than a bathroom. <laughs> and you would know. One, one time! <laughs> All right, why well, don't we listen to a tune? All right. Hey, this actually fits. This is from the uh, 2014 release, Back to the Front, from Entombed AD, Pandemic Rage.
This is Lance, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right. Once again, that was Pandemic Rage from Entombed AD. Dude, it was interesting because my, my friend Dennis went with me to this concert. And yeah. Entombed AD is just tearing it up. And there's a band before, these guys called Ex Mortis, and they play like classical speed heavy metal. And they were totally fun to watch, and they were singing and stuff. But it, the difference between night and day, when LG Petrov steps to the mic, his voice fills the fucking room. And that's over two guitars and a bass and drums at enormous decibels. This guy's voice is just tremendous. And it was so cool to finally meet him and see him live. About time. No you, shit. You've, you've waited far too long for that. How about a multi-morty at Trorge? Multi-morty at Trorge? Yeah. All right, Coach Z. <laughs> Multimedia triage. Let's yeah. talk about shit that we've been watching. So now that we don't have to watch films for the film festival, I would think that we got our medias on. Yeah, I would think. I would the problem think. is I'm spending all my time with bleeding wrists trying to play Fallout 4 and Doom. Okay, so Doom. New version of Doom. You have it. I have it. We played it last night. It's fucking great. It's I'm having great. a great time with it. It's totally fun. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to just straight ahead blast some demons, this is a game to do that. And uh, you know, okay, granted, it is not reinventing the wheel here. There's nothing really particularly new to the formula. It's the same Doom. You're running around through a maze looking for secrets. You got to get the yellow key card to open up the North Wing, and it's all the same kind of shit. But the graphics are better. It's smooth as silk. Oh, you I was about to say, it's like butter. You don't hitch at all in this game. And running around shooting demons has never been more fun. Yeah, they did it right. They didn't try to add a bunch of extra weird shit. They, they said, all right, what do we do good at? We shoot demons and blow stuff up. Oh, in hell. Go. <laughs> in Mars. Whatever. Because you're trying to stop the company from cultivating hell energy. Hell energy. Right. <laughs> it's great. It didn't even spend a lot of time thinking about plot. Dennis threw that shit on there and said, let's go. <laughs> right. We're going to go, man. We're going to kill some fucking demons. The and they did bit. add a couple of things, like there are these, these challenge levels, these rune challenge levels where you have to do like one thing after another after another. And one of the, the new mechanics is there's a thing called a glory kill. And so, not a glory hole, glory, glory oh, kill. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mix those things up. A doom glory hole? Ah! That would not be good. Anyway. You stick your penis in and then tear the jawbone off a demon. It's weird. <laughs> it is the weirdest mechanic. Who came up with that? So, you, you have a second to uh, hit a demon or kill a demon in a spectacular way, and you get life back from it. Get some health. And so the interesting thing is it almost makes it like a platformer because you're jumping from demon to demon to kill them to get <laughs> enough health to kill the next demon. Yeah. You know what? Going back to the, the uh, challenge level thing, yes. what they did right, and I wish other game developers would, would take a note here, is those are optional. You're not stuck. The game doesn't come to a grinding halt because for the next 30 minutes you're trying to blow up 30 barrels with a pistol in 90 seconds if you get sick of one of these things you just move on with your life and go back to shooting demons yeah nah and the problem is i'm i'm kind of stupid so i actually spent an hour trying to kill 25 demons with a shotgun and i finally did it it's good for people like you 
and it's it, good for. And people. so it gave me like you know five seconds more cooldown or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like a very nominal perk after all that effort, but I did it. God damn it! Ah, good for you. So also, yeah, yeah. Battleborn. We've been playing. I was gonna say, and then we one. played another game. Battleborn. Yeah, this was Larry. Played Battleborn together. We Steve told me to buy this game. I bought it. I played it a little bit. Oh, he immediately fucking times. hated it. No doubt. You were yeah. you were you had nothing nice to say about that game at first. And I came in at kind of in a jovial mood, like, oh, this is colorful and it's got great animation and it's fun. And mm. you hated it. You just did not want to like it. Well, I I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it enough that I just walked into the store and plunked down full price because I was going to play a game with my friend Steve. <laughs> my, I hated the fact my that my ex friend, <laughs> my former friend, this dude I used to know. Yeah, I hated that you couldn't save during a level, and if you're playing alone, and I'm essentially a solitary creature because I don't get along well with others, then it's monotonous. It's a, it is definitely a game you got to play with friends. It was fun. Last to play. night was fun. I had a really good time playing. Yeah, but Steve has played this. He's pl- he's put hours into playing it. You've done you've done many levels. You've unlocked many characters. No, that's the that's the only level I've played through. So when oh, we really? go to the next one, you and I are going to be on the same ground. We won't either have played it. But you were like level seven, and I was level one. How does that work? Because <laughs> I kept failing the mission. I, I, I was playing with Oscar Mike, the same character you were. I must have tried to get through that three separate times and couldn't do it. And then I played with Montana, the great big lumbering guy with the chain gun. And he was just, he was a better fit for my play style. And with, play style apparently involves dying a lot because I got through that whole thing with you last night without dying once. Yeah. No. And you were like on your last life. I was, yeah, no kidding. But that was that was so weird because, like I was telling you, when I played it alone, that level it took me like a half hour to beat the final guy. You and I together beat him in thirty seconds. I mean, that was just insane. Yeah, but I'm awesome. Yeah, I guess that's it. That that's got to be a big. But part. anyway, so Battleborn. If you have a group of friends to play it with, or a group, or something like that, or you really like playing online, maybe then I don't know. If you're a solo gamer, I don't think that game might not be for you. I'm and sure there's another new game called Overwatch from Blizzard that's supposed to be kind of similar, but is getting higher reviews. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's the way to go. But uh, like I said, I played Battleborn at PAX and I thought it was really fun. And that's why I wanted to play more. of it. Yeah, frankly, had a better time playing Doom. Yeah, Doom's, Doom is great. Uh, the two games I prefer that one. Yeah, we can agree on that. So what about some new shows? You watching Preacher? Yeah, I watched the first episode. So what, um, what is the I- shit with that? You come out with a brand new show, you play the premiere, and then you just give it a week off. Yeah. I was afraid that my my DVR didn't record it. Now, I own every issue of Preacher in actual comic book form. No graphic novels, actual bagged and boarded comics in the closet. But it's been probably a decade since I've read them. So I had forgotten how much I love these characters, i got to say. This is a comic that I only read... If I was sitting on your couch or killing time in a comic book store, I never got into the series. I never owned them. I always felt like I didn't want to start reading because I'd missed too much already. Mm-hmm. So I'm vaguely familiar with the characters, and I really liked what I saw so far on television. Yeah, the, the characters are great. The actors that they've got to play them are awesome. Garth Innes is just a whip-smart author. His writing is so funny and cutting 
and really sharp is the best way to put it. And uh, I'm really excited to see more. I can't wait for the next episode. What was weird is Julie loved it. Like, she hasn't read any Preacher. She hasn't seen, not even familiar with that it was a comic. And we watched it together, and she thought, that was great. I want to see more. So, very cool. I'm surprised she didn't ask if uh, you'd heard of it after we talked about it on the Bill and show. <laughs> that does happen. That's a thing. So, uh, you know, still watching Game of Thrones. I'm obsessed with fucking Game of Thrones, dude. They're doing great. Like, every episode, I just can't wait for the next episode. That the Silicon problem, Valley. I'm, the only problem I'm with Game of love Thrones watching. is it, it is not moving forward very quickly. Yeah. Like, it, they're going to be fresh out of books in, like, <laughs> six months, it feels like. It's okay. They got a room full of writers. But I, I could do with uh, Khaleesi's story moving along a bit faster. I mean, the last episode, the, essentially the only thing that happened was, Death got a dragon. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. You know, it's been that way in the actual books for a while. Like the stuff that's going on in the East is usually not as compelling. I mean, you want to know what's going on with Tyrion, but eh, the rest of it. It's it's almost like each episode needs to be two hours long to encompass all the meandering stories. But that's a good that's a good criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we touched on earlier, always leave them wanting more, unless you know, right. having sex. <laughs> Peaky Blinders is back, man. So you watched it? New season. I'm psyched for it. And what have I done since the season started? First night, I played video games with my friend Steve. Second night, I did a podcast. So, no, I haven't watched a damn thing. Watching it tomorrow. Why'd you put it on the show notes? Because I wanted to tell people Peaky Blinders season three is starting up. It's a cool thing and you should watch it. Like there was going to be a chance you wouldn't know. I, I literally got a fucking email on Tuesday morning telling me that season three of Peaking Blinders is out from Netflix. Watch, this season's going to suck. <laughs> Everyone's going to fucking hate me. You told me this was good. Uh, uh, my daughter's already watched all six episodes, and she says that the uh, cliffhanger at the end is great. Hey, is Cillian Murphy going to make this face? Yeah, that's the face. <laughs> Isn't it Killian? Like Celtic? Is it Killian? I think it's like Celtic. It's Killian, right? Or is it Cillian like Celtic? I honestly don't know. Celtic is not how the Irish say it, is it? No, but it's a basketball team. (laughs) Right, an American basketball team. Next time we have them on the show, we should ask This just in from the Gore Doesn't Know Shit file. (laughs) And it's a big file! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, took the kids to see X-Men Apocalypse on Monday uh, after Crypticon. Uh, Dude, uh, pretty forgettable. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't Uh, know. I, I try. I've been going to the X-Men movies, and I try, and I try, but I just I have trouble caring. I don't care enough about those characters. And it was another one of these movies like Age of Ultron and like Batman vs. Superman where the end is this huge CGI battle with a bunch of concrete and glass flying around, and it's just not compelling. It's lacking in narrative in some meaningful way that leaves me coming out of the theater going mad. Hmm. And I I don't know. I, I would not recommend it. Wait for videos. All right. I think that's the way I've been watching uh, the later X-Men movies is on video. Unlike uh, Captain American Civil War, though, you can't tell me that wasn't great. No, it was a great movie. Yeah, I think that knew how to do it. That was a story. That was great. I, I had a, a wonderful time watching that film, and I would see it again. But yeah, X-Men just left me cold. You know who, uh, what was so wonderful about that movie 
is the the big fight between all the the superheroes. It was like they they made sure they featured everybody's strength and everybody's weakness, and it was almost like they wrapped up a million nerd conversations about who would beat whom in the fight. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, it was totally that. And I yeah. loved I loved the their take on Spider Man, his wide eyed enthusiasm about just being there, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, they did a wonderful you know beginning Spider-Man, if you will. Yeah, and, and then you had Ant-Man making an appearance, and he's like starstruck by Captain America. That was yeah. so much fun. That was just delightful. I love the line, normally there's not this much talking in a fight. <laughs> Spider-Man's <laughs> like, oh, sorry. Right, exactly. No, they just they did it so well. And again, you just there's so much heart and fun and feeling in it compared to the X-Men movie, which was kind of... I don't know, humorless. And the the best part of the X-Men movie is there's a scene where Quicksilver, the X-Men mansion, is in peril for the 500th time. Again. Right. Are they zoned and for peril? He has to run through in slow motion and save everyone in the mansion. And yeah. it was fucking great. It's five minutes of awesome in the middle of this mediocre movie. So it's worth seeing for that. At least look up the Quicksilver thing on YouTube because... It's totally fun. It's a great scene. Cool. So there, I said something nice about it. You did. Good for you. What else? Okay, so I watched the movie. That just It's a really small movie that probably made about $1.50 in the box office 15 years ago. But I watched it again. It is such a wonderful little movie. If it's on HBO or you're, you don't know what to rent some night, just... just Rent this. It's State and Maine. It's the one with uh, William H. Macy, right? William H. Macy is brilliant. Yeah, yep. David Mamet wrote the screenplay. Yep, I've seen it. God, that is such a funny movie. <laughs> William H. Macy absolutely destroys. He is so... He is, he is like the ultimate mercenary director directing this, this film that's falling apart in this little tiny town in New England... And I love how they don't, there's so much that they don't reveal. They don't actually tell you why they got kicked out of the last town they were trying to film in. And they don't, they don't tell I you. I always imagined it was because he stole insurance money because this film came out right after Fargo did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put like a narrative together between those two. Exactly. Isn't that, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a great movie. It's it's definitely worth checking out. And I was kind of scared to watch it because I re- had such fond memories of it, but I didn't really remember that much about it. And uh, nope, it holds up. It's awesome. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, there there's another film that I wanted to talk about, and I meant to talk about this a while ago because uh, this is a film that got submitted for the Comedy Horrors Film Festival, and we decided not to include it. And it wasn't because that there was anything wrong with the film. To the contrary. This film is really great, and it almost got in, even yeah, though it, almost got in. it wasn't, specifically speaking, a horror comedy. But then Patchwork popped up, and it was a better fit for us, so we went with that. But this film is called The Barn. It's directed by Justin M. Seaman, and it is an amazing pastiche of 80s horror, just exactly what you'd expect. So it starts out with a group of... What the hell of- is a pastiche? Uh, isn't that like a, I don't know, it's not like a homage, it's like a great example. How's that? Well, you may have used it right, I just don't know that Maybe word. I'm wrong. I, I, I don't pictured know. You're like smarter a green than I nut. am, so my, my guess is I fucked up. Anyway, as I was saying, 
So a group of friends are going out on Halloween night, and they're going to a different town because two of them have essentially been kicked out of town for their pranks. They've done so many great pranks that they've pissed off the town fathers. They've gotten kicked out of town, so they're going trick-or-treating in another town. They go to a town with a cursed barn. Oh, the old cursed barn ploy. And just terror, horror, and murder ensues. And what's fucking great about it is, like Freddy, like Jason, like it has characters that come out and kill you. Which is great. You don't see that enough these days. It's always like a faceless murderer or something. I don't know. It doesn't have any style. It doesn't have any fucking personality to it. You know what I mean? And this is just a... It it feels so 80s. It almost drips with it. It's a wonderful (laughs) film. It is 80s. It is, is but it wasn't. It was made last year, dude. I know. It's a 2015 film. Oh, it is such a wonderful job. If you just watched this movie, you would go... Wow, they had some really awesome cameras for, you know, being it filmed in 1985. But they do, like, the, the sort of Vestron video, like, intro, like, Nevermore pictures, like, wow, 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 wow. Right. It comes in, and it's all, like, weird animation. And, like, it's just so good. And there's, like, a rock and roll DJ in it, and it, I, it's wonderful stuff. You can go to the Indiegogo. So they have an Indiegogo up to, for funds to finish the film and get the release out. So you can actually order a copy of the DVD in advance for, I think, like 20 or 25 bucks. So check out the link here on the BoneBat homepage. Uh, you'll be able to see the trailer from that link. And if you dig the trailer, pick the DVD up. I think you're really going to like it. I love the film. I think it was super fun. And uh, I'm so sorry to the guys from the barn. We meant to talk about this episodes ago, and it evidently didn't get around to it with all the other shit that was going on. So... I definitely want to make a point and say this is a super fun film that you want to see. You should see it. And it's a Halloween movie. If you want something, my thought is you buy the DVD now, it gets sent to you in a couple of months, and you hold on to that sucker, you have some friends over and watch it at Halloween. That's a great thing to do. Better yet, you hold on to it, you watch it at Christmas instead of opening your stockings. (laughs) That's also another good suggestion. It's an option. Thanksgiving instead of the turkey. All right, just so we... Should we listen to another tune? We should listen to another tune, right? we got okay. a bunch of in tune to listen to. Let's check out one last song from uh, Back to the Front. The 2014 release from Entombed AD. Second to noon.
right. Once again, that was second to none from Entombed AD. I hope you liked it. Uh, thank you. So we, of course, would like to thank LG Petrov and Ole Dahlstedt from Entombed AD for joining us on the show. I'd like to thank the one and only Lance Henriksen from Aliens and Pumpkinhead and a million other awesome shows. That guy is an awesome actor, and it was really cool to meet him. Uh, thank you to all the Crypticon attendees once again who came by to watch the Best of the Bone Bat Film Festival. And thank you again to the directors for allowing us to give your films a victory lap at Crypticon. That was super fucking cool. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, oh one last thing. Dude, Dude we have what? custom art for this episode. What? Yes. Wow, I didn't make any custom art. I got custom art. I procured a commission from none other than Bone Bat artist extraordinaire Nick Gucker. Oh, you used an actual artist. I used a real a artist, dude. You'll enjoy this. So I go up to Nick, and uh, he's, he has a sign on his table that says, Commissions, 20 bucks. I said, dude, I would love a commission for the next episode of Bone Bat. Can you do a drawing of our mascot podcasting? So just our two-headed skeleton wearing headphones in front of a microphone. I said, can you do that for 20 bucks? I slapped my money down. He goes, yeah, I can absolutely do that. He goes, for you? Sure, no problem. He says, will there be changes later? (laughs) Fucking wise ass. (laughs) You know, I'm like, yeah, I earned that. Okay, I can own it. (laughs) Yeah, we do that. But you notice I paid him up front, right? In full. that's what we do. Right, because I knew I was going to come back for changes later. No, I did not come (laughs) back for changes. And I was just, I was thrilled with how awesome the art turned out. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Nick, for the fantastic art. Go to BoneBat.com, check it out. It'll also be posted on the Facebook page. He did a wonderful job, and uh, I'm thrilled to have more great art from Nick. So very cool stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Have I mentioned how cool he is? Mm, Yeah. Nick the Hat's the coolest motherfucker ever, and his shirts this year for Crypticon were out of this world. Right on. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557, just like Vaughn did this very episode. You can be like Vaughn, and you should be like Vaughn. This would be a better world if more people were just like Vaughn. Exactly. You can also reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com. We have uh, new content on Bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. MightyWombat.com. You can find my cartoon every week. Hitler Balls is still rolling along. And then my weekly nonsense panel cartoon, which occasionally is very, very intellectual and high-minded and sometimes features (laughs) penises. Or plugs. Or plugs. Or terrible, (laughs) terrible puns. Did you mention the Twitters? Because you're on Twitter, I'm on Twitter. I am on the. T- I have not been on the Twitter in a long, long time, but I guess I'm still out there in Twitterland. Mighty underscore Wombat. I am Bonehand on Twitter as well. We also have a Bonebat Twitter feed where we uh, mostly post information about when new shows come out, releases from our musical friends, and film festival news. There, now, you can find. What? I said we do that on our Facebook thing, Yeah, too. our Facebook thing's a little more personal, though. We're more likely to get involved, tell some jokes, uh, spread around some sweet deals, and uh, a little more personal there on the Facebook page than the Twitter feed, I think. Maybe that's why I prefer that to the Twitter thing. Yeah, you see that artist why. I pointed you towards today? Uh, I did not see that. Um, see it right there. Stuff. There's a reason for me to go to the You should go Facebook to our page. Facebook page, I'm going to go to that page. 
Yeah. Don't stop you, me. You're going to dig this guy's art. Hold me back. I'm not holding you back. Okay. You're holding yourself back. <laughs> By not going to the Bone Bat Facebook page. Yes. Thank you once again for listening, everyone. And if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Your best Give friend. Give us a review on iTunes for fuck's sake. You know, it's been a really long <laughs> time. We still have like 13. We've been doing this for nine years and we get about one iTunes <laughs> review a year. So, you know, jump in. Give us an we iTunes do. review. We would uh, love to hear what you think of the show. And uh, we've got one more song tonight from the brand new release from Entombed AD. Dead Dawn. I hope you dig this one. It's my favorite song, actually, from the new album, Down to Mars to Ride. I hope you will enjoy it. And uh, once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. That could have been better.